Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Kalamazoo, Michigan campus. For more info on the church, visit newdaycommunity.org. Thank you, Aaron. Well, this is an exciting day for me. Uh, I get to uh, just stand there doing worship and look up here at the worship team and see that half the worship team is made up of, uh, of, of adults that used to be young, small, 12 and 13 year olds in the, in the youth group when my wife and I did the youth group here. And then I was introduced by Aaron, who was, was also an adult and now runs the youth group, uh, who was a youth group member. And I get to introduce John, who was in our youth group as well. And I'm just kind of blown away by uh, just the growth. And I'm just proud and excited to, to be a part of uh, what's going on today. So I'm going to give a brief introduction to John. And I'm going to start 20 years ago. <laughs> But 20 years ago, I believe, was our church's first mission trip. Uh, and it was uh, with an organization called Youth with a Mission, YWAM, which is the same organization that John is working with today. Steve and Monica Moreno just took it upon themselves to take a group of young adults and teenagers to another country, uh, which is a massive undertaking that I didn't understand when I was a teenager that that was such a big deal. Uh, but I'm so thankful for their obedience and to answer the call and to, to just do it. They did not have to do that, but they, they took us on a trip, and uh, see Richard's here and, and Greg's here. I don't know if anybody else is here. Tambourine dance, yes. This is, there's many great memories from this trip. But anyway, so <laughs> um, 20 years ago, we went, to, we went to Mexico, and God planted a seed in my heart uh, for, for the nations, for missions, um, and for the organization Youth with the Mission. And I got more involved with them. I met my wife in uh, Youth with a Mission. And uh, we actually ended up spending four years of our lives com completely committed to YWAM and uh, their mission and the nations. And uh, it was an amazing, life-changing time for us. And then after that, we moved back here to Michigan and became the youth leaders here at, at New Day. Uh, for eight years, we did that. And uh, after we were here for a few years, the Yurdies joined our youth group, TJ and John. Uh, came into our youth group, and we got to know this young man named John. He was pretty quiet when he first came into youth group. Uh, but when he had something to say, it was, also, it was always very insightful. And uh, we've been blessed uh, over the years by the whole Yurdy family. My family has been blessed by them. And uh, I was thinking about it. We went on four different mission trips, and I don't think you went on any of the mission trips with us. <laughs> However... <laughs> John's the only one that went out into full-time missions now three years in Peru, and I'm just so proud of him. I can't wait to hear what he has to share with us. So, John, if you want to come up here, I'd like to pray for you before you get started. <laughs> He's taller than I remember, too. <laughs> Lord, thank you so much for John. Thank you for his heart. Thank you for what you've called him into, uh, Lord, and we're just uh, grateful to be a part of that and to support him as a church. Lord, I pray that you'd be with him today, that your anointing and blessing would be on him, and he'd speak with the words that you have put on his heart. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Um, so, yeah, I'm a missionary in Peru, and I've been working there for the past three years. Um, and I just wanted to have a chance to just share with all of you a little bit about what I've been doing there and, like, the things I've experienced um, but before I get into that, um, I know that over the past three years that I've been gone, there have been lots of new people coming into the church, which is great. Um, but because of that, some of you probably don't recognize me. So I just want to start off with, um, Adam gave a good history, but I just want to add a little bit to, to 
how I how I started out in missions and came to this church. So um, could you put up that? Yes, thank you. All right, so this is my family. I don't know how many of you recognize any of them. Maybe some of you don't even know them. Um, but starting over here, we have my brother TJ, my father, my mother, my younger sister, and then there's me on the end. And the dog's name is Daphne. Um, so we've been coming to this church since I was about nine years old. Um, so about 11 years. Um, and you know, the reason that we came to this church was um, we just, at that point, we were just looking for something that we weren't getting from our, our old church. And we came here and, you know, New Day was just such a, had such a family atmosphere and there was such a presence of God here that we just, we just felt like this is where God wanted us to be. And so we stayed here and we've been coming here ever since. Um, yeah, you guys are so lucky to have us. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, um, we started coming here when I was nine, so at that point I was still in the Sunday school, and then after that I moved on to youth group, Adam and his wife Tara were leading it, um, and I've been involved in a bunch of different things here, I was on the worship team, I was helped teach Sunday school, I was leadership for a few months in the youth groups, so... And my whole family's just been really involved in, uh, in the church here, and it's been a blessing to be able to bless this church like it's blessed us. Um, but my whole, where my story starts as far as becoming a missionary really started in, in youth group with Adam and Tara. Because in our old church, you know, I grew up in the church. I learned a lot about God and like her, grew up hearing all these great Bible stories. But um, one thing that, wasn't taught in my old church was how to have a relationship with God and the importance of that, how to have that deep relationship with God. And that's something that Adam and Tara really emphasized a lot in, in the youth group, and that's where I started developing my relationship with God. And a, a few years after I had been going to youth group for a while and started developing this, this really close relationship to, with God, um, I went to this youth conference um, that we go on every year. It's called Ignition, which is great, and I think um, it's coming up pretty soon. A lot of people are excited about that. Um, and I was, I was sitting there in this conference, and the speaker was um, talking about knowing your calling and knowing your, your place in the kingdom of God. And so I was sitting there listening to him, um, just saying all these different things. You can be, you can be pastor, worship leader, and as I was listening to him, I just heard this small voice in my head saying, "I've called you to become a missionary," and that blew me away when I heard it. Um, I had grown up um, reading about missionaries, and I knew a lot about missionaries. But one thing that I had decided when I was really young was that missionaries are really cool. That sounds like a really cool job, but I'm not going to do that because that's really scary, and I'm just not even going to go there. So hearing this voice in my head just kind of really shocked me. And at first, I didn't really believe that it was God. I just thought it was like me just having this fantasy in my head, like, oh, it would be really cool to go be a missionary. And so I decided to ignore it. 
which is never a good idea when God asks you to do something. Um, just ask Jonah. But <clears throat> um, a few months after this conference ended, uh, I received confirmation. Um, God spoke to me again, telling me he wanted me a missionary. But this time he was more specific. He said, I want you to go to Peru. And if I had a list of all the countries from country I'd most likely go to to least likely go to, Peru would be towards the bottom. So that was confirmation for me that was God, because that is not something I would think of myself to go be a missionary in Peru. And when God gave me this confirmation, I decided, decided to start seeking out, like, what, how am I going to go be a missionary in Peru? And um, through Adam and Tara, I had learned about YWAM. And so I started looking up different, um, different bases, mission bases that YWAM has in Peru. And I found one that looked good, so I decided to go for it. So that is how it all started. Um, and before I go any further and explain what took place, I'm just going to briefly mention what YWAM is. Um, YWAM stands for Youth with a Mission. And it was founded by a man named Lauren Cunningham, who had this vision um, back in the 60s, I think, um, of this wave of youth just covering all parts of the earth. And he, he felt like God was telling him that he needed to start this, this mission to, to raise up youth to go to all parts of the the earth and spread the gospel. And so that's the YWAM vision. They have bases in over 200 countries around the world and it's just this huge organization. It's come a really long way and that's what YWAM is. And so I went down to Peru and you know, silly me, I was thinking, okay, God called me to do mission work. So I'm going to go down and I'm going to be there for five months, take their discipleship training school, which is what you have to do to get into YWAM. It's a school that trains you to be uh, a disciple and a missionary. Um, so I'm going to go down there. I'm going to do this school. And then I'm going to come back. And I'm going to, I'm going to live the rest of my life because I, I went in. I was a missionary like God called me to. <laughs> Obviously, that didn't happen. Um, <clears throat> so I went down there. Like, with this mindset that I'm just going to be down there for five months. And the, the first part of this school, the, the first three months, is um, like a lecture phase where people from, teachers from different parts of the, the world come down and um, they share what they, what they feel is on, on their heart to share. Warham actually has a list of certain things they have to teach, but um, things like the Father Heart of God and and missions and and so we have these teachers coming in and and teaching us all these great things and then the last two and a half months um, we go out and we apply what we've learned and make disciples so as I was um, in these first three months of lecture phase I'm like wow this is really good I'm learning so much um, but then when we finally got out in those last two and a half months, we started sharing, and I, I really started to see all these these people in need of of the gospel and of God. I just 
felt this stirring in my heart. I'm like, I really feel like I'm, I'm called to do this long term. And, and so I came back here, and I was here for five months after that, uh, praying about it for, for confirmation, and I got confirmation. And so I started raising up support, and then I went back for the last two years. Um, <clears throat> and so what I'm doing now, going back there, I'm actually staffing these schools, these discipleship schools. So we have students coming from all over the world to, to learn about God, to learn how to be missionary and to be discipled. And I've just been so blessed to be a part of that because you know, these, these, these people are coming from all different cultures, all different walks of life, and they're coming for this one goal. And I get to be a, a part in discipling them and helping them in that. And, you know, these first three months are, 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 are the we disciple them part. And they, they have these teachers coming and teaching them. But, you know, I think a lot of the real discipleship that goes on happens like one-on-one -on -one with their, their staff, their leaders, um, where we, we help them to, to, to think through what they've learned in class and, and to help them to apply that. So, and I get to be a part of that. And that, for me, is like my passion, is just seeing these, these youth that come, um, just longing for more of God and, and to be able to pour into them and help disciple them in and bring them to that closer closer level with God. So that's what I've been doing these past couple of years is I've been helping disciple these youth that come from, from different countries to, to Peru. Um, and it's just, it's just been so fulfilling. And, and currently in our, our base, well, we're, our, our plans for these next few, few years is to, for these, especially this upcoming year, is to really take these different ministries in our base because we have the, those of us who are, are helping with the school, but then we also have several different ministries. We have a, mission, a missionary um, that is working with prostitutes. Um, we have a, a mission team that's working with people in, in these indigenous tribes who a lot of them have never even heard the gospel yet um, and, and helping raise up pastors in these communities. And then we have another one that's working with children, um, like orphan children or children with uh, abusive families. So um, our, our desire for this next year, what, we, what we're working towards is uniting all of these different missions and, and working as one in, in all of these different missions, as one body. Um, and that's our, our desire for this next year. And... and we also would like to start reaching out to the churches, working, partnering with the churches in the, in the city too, because the, the city where, where this mission is based is, has a lot of sin, a lot of, there's a lot of darkness, you know, there's, there's that everywhere, but, and there's that here in the States, but it's, it's crazy how different it is because there, it's just so much out, more out in the open, you know, it's so much, less secret like here it's really subtle but there you know there's there's prostitute houses there's people doing drugs on the street there's there's drunks everywhere and it's 
it's so much more it seems so much more real there when it's just out in the open so we really we really have desire to 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 partner up with the churches and uh, and to make a difference there and so before I move on I'm going to show you if I can figure out how this works That probably helps. So, okay. So these are some some photos of, of some of the work that I've done in in Peru and in Bolivia and Ecuador as well. This was my my team for my school. There were twenty of us down there from eight different countries, um, and that's us on a outing with one of our churches after after we had finished working there. It's in a in a, a little mountain village called Tingo Maria. Um, here is us at a, a church in Ecuador. This was my first year leading. Um, that's us doing uh, street ministry, door-to-door -door ministry, um, there in Tingo Maria. That um, same year we went to Ecuador. Um, we we also we also teach a bunch of dramas to to the students, and, and this is us performing one at a, a school in Ecuador. We don't do the tambourine dance. Um, we, might, we might include that in our next school. Um, more dramas, this time in, in Bolivia. Use cool face makeup for that one. Um, this is us doing street ministry in Guayaquil, Ecuador. Um, that was this year. And we just we we went out and we 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 do some dramas and and we call them impacts. We do dramas and and worship and and then we share test our our personal testimonies of how we encounter God and and then we end with someone preaching and praying over the people. And there are actually large groups of people that come out and just watch us the whole night. Um, there's us at a church in Ecuador doing kids ministry. Um, we have these dances we do with them. We dress up as clowns. Um, and that's with um, another group of kids. You're in kids' ministry. Okay. So, um, going to, yep. So, this is what God has placed in my heart to do. This is what I really feel like my calling is, at least for the next few years. Um, but to do this, I, I can't do this by myself, um, because this is a, uh, a volunteer mission. They, they don't pay any of us, and so I need, um, the support from you guys. And this is something that I, I used to feel really weird about, asking for money, like, uh, a beggar or something. And, until God really revealed to me that this is... You're not asking people to give them your money. You're asking people to give them my money for my ministry. This isn't your ministry that you're asking money for. This is my ministry. And when you're asking people to, to, to support you, you're asking them to be a part of that ministry. And so I, I made up this next slide as a, a little um, demonstration of, of, of what I need for support. So... Every year, I need $7,200, which is not a lot. I can tell you, it's really cheap to live in South America, but you do need money. You can't live for free. 
So I need 7,200 a year. This would cover trips back and forth um, here to there, so I can come back and visit. Um, it would cover food, medical expenses, my rent there, and just other personal expenses I have, travel during the outreach. Um, and so I, I, I broke that down for you guys, and that is $6,000 a month. $600 a month, excuse me. 6000 would be really good. I'd have it almost all covered in one month. Um, $600 a month, which is also, at the autumn, $100 a month from six people. I need six people to support me with, by giving me $100 a month, which for that, for most of us, is nothing, right? But that is something I need if I'm going to be able to do this full time. So I would like to encourage you to prayerfully consider supporting me um, and just becoming a part of this ministry. Um, all right, doing good for time. Um, I, I also have one more thing to share. I've shared a lot about me and what I'm doing and the things I've experienced, but I don't want the takeaway from this to be, wow, look at John, he's so amazing. He went off to be a missionary when he was 17. Look at all he's, the things he's doing. I, I want the takeaway from this to be, wow, how amazing is our God? That he was able to use John at such a young age to, to go off and be a missionary and was able to work through him and is still working through him. Um, and the reason I want this to be the takeaway is because this is not, this has nothing to do with me. This has everything to do with God. And having said that, that God can use each one of you just as much as he can use me. Um, one more thing I want to share from you about what I've experienced is, you know, I've seen a lot of miraculous things happen um, being out in the mission field. But the most miraculous thing I think I've ever seen is, and what I believe is one of the greatest miracles God can do, is how he changes the students that come to, to our, our mission base for the school. Um, you know, when we think of missionaries, we have this idea in our head that they're these great people, like our, our pastors and our spiritual leaders that are just so much more above us um, spiritually than we could ever reach that point. Uh, but that's not what I experienced. Um, I the people who come are, are just people. You know, a lot, most of them aren't pastors. There's some of them are pastors. Most of them aren't. Most of them aren't spiritual leaders in their church. Most of them actually have a really dark past. There are, are people who come who were former drug dealers. There are people who come who were former drug addicts, people who are alcoholics, people who were strong atheists. And God touched them. One way or another, he touched their lives, he changed them, and he brought them to Peru for this discipleship school and to bring them to that next level and to help them learn how to serve him better. And it had nothing to do with them and everything to do with him. The only thing that, that sets them apart from 
from anyone else is the decision they made to to go there, to take that next step, and to follow God's calling. And so I just want to encourage all of you today that this is not just something I can do. This is something that all of you can do. And obviously, God doesn't call us all to go off and be missionaries in foreign countries, but he does call us all to be missionaries because a missionary is someone who shares the gospel. And that is the last commandment he gave us, is to share the gospel. And so you can do that wherever you are. You don't have to go to another country to do that. And one thing that holds us back is us thinking that we're, we're not qualified. These different things don't uh, disqualify us, um, whether it's, uh, self-doubt, um, comparing ourselves to other people who, who seem to have their whole life together, or sin, our sin. We feel like our sin disqualifies us a lot of times. And if that were true, then none of us would be qualified because we all sin. It says in the book of Romans, all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And so that doesn't disqualify you. None of this stuff disqualifies you from from doing God's work. Um, we are all sons and daughters of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's washed us clean of our sin, and he <clears throat> he's, his Holy Spirit lives inside of us. How could we be more qualified? And so I just want to encourage you all today um, to just take that next step. Because that's really the only thing holding you back, is is that not wanting to take that next step. Wherever you are, you, there's always another step to take, whether you're, you know, missionary level or just became a Christian yesterday level. There's always another step to take, and so I just want to encourage you to just give everything to God, because when you do that, you just feel this fulfillment in your life that you've never felt before doing anything else. And that's what I've been experiencing these past three years is just this sense of fulfillment because I'm doing what God called me to do. I'm doing what he wants me to do. And that just fills you for some reason. You know, I can't explain it, but just doing this for God just fills you so much. And so I encourage you all to, to seek out God and, and, and just to, to pray to God and ask him, what, what is that next step for me? What is it that you want me to do with my life? Um, yeah, that's what I got. Thank you for this opportunity to share. It's been great. Why don't you sit down for a bit? I'm going to share a little bit. Awesome, John. Thank you so much for sharing. I just want to, we're going to pray for him and take an offering in a few minutes, but I, um, Adam shared some some background, and I'm going to share a little little more background uh, to make it even hopefully more complete. Um, <clears throat> I think it was in '81, '81 or '82, uh, right? Actually, before I even joined this church, shortly after I became a Christian, it was within six months of when I became a, a Christian. I went to a conference in Urbana, Illinois, called the Urbana Conference, and in fact. That conference starts today, I believe. Uh, it's it's 
yesterday or today. It's held every, uh, I think it's every three years, and it's a major conference on missions uh, hosted by InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. And so this year they have over 16,000 young adults uh, coming from mostly America, but also some from other countries. And it's a conference concerning uh, uh, world missions. The whole thing is world missions. It's a main missionary conference. So <clears throat> I got saved that summer, and then that fall went back to Western Michigan University and ended up going to InterVarsity. InterVarsity, was, they were all excited about this missions conference. Um, <clears throat> it's going to be a few minutes. Uh, all excited about this missions conference. So I thought, well, you know, sounds fun. <laughs> had no clue. I was a brand new Christian. And somebody paid our way and, and loaned us a car, our way being myself and uh, a young guy who got saved, my best friend in college and still uh, one of my best friends. He lives in Hawaii now. <clears throat> he actually lives a few miles down the road from the YWAM base. Yep, and he goes there frequently just to jump into the meetings and get blasted. Uh, <clears throat> apparently, it's like quite, quite a fun place to be. Uh, so, um, so I got saved. I go to InterVarsity uh, Christian uh, Fellowship on Western's campus because it's, there's other Christians there, and I'm trying to connect with Christians on in, in college. They're all about this this conference. So I go, and at this conference, I'm telling you, it's full on. Like Billy Graham was there. All right, this is the one and only time I heard Billy Graham speak live. Um, other incredible speakers like John Stott, as you probably don't know, you should know, <laughs> uh, major, um, the, the woman, the wife of um, Elizabeth Elliot, uh, the wife of the, uh, was it James Elliot, Jim, Jim Elliot, <coughs> who was uh, martyred in, in Ecuador, uh, and there was a movie about him just a few years ago, she spoke and so it was radical uh, confrontation with the message of world missions. And there I was, a brand new Christian, hearing this, this full-on call to go to the nations to be uh, a mission, to be the light of the gospel. <clears throat> and John referred to, I'm going to read it in uh, Matthew, Jesus' final words in the book of Matthew. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And, and just the, the power of those words, uh, really the audacity for Jesus to say this, but it's true. That all authority in heaven and on earth and the whole universe has been handed to Jesus Christ. And so he rules the whole universe. And based on that authority, based on his his place, his position, and his power, he tells us to do something. And of all things he tells us to do, it's simple. Go. Go, therefore. Therefore, because Jesus has all of the authority in heaven and the earth, that means that there is nothing on earth that you can encounter that is not under the authority of Jesus Christ. There's nothing in the entire universe that is not under the authority of Jesus Christ. And so the, the, the result of that should be an impartation, a confidence in your heart, in your mind, 
in your soul that whatever you're facing, that you, because you're with Christ, you have authority over that issue. So it might be a personal sin. It might be a, a, you know, a difficulty at work. But in this context, it's really the tap in to the, to, to the authority of Christ. It's when we start speaking the message that Jesus is in charge. And, you know, that's what people need to hear. Because, man, in most of the world, like, like John was saying, you know, you, we can kind of coast here because things at, at the present are pretty stable. But in most of the world, it is, you know, you, you don't know if you're going to make it through the day. And us coming and saying, I know who's in charge and that there's hope and that he is just and he's fair and he's loving. It says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, uh, lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. And so the idea that we are to go, and in going, we are to make disciples. In other words, as we go, we're to call other people to go. Right? That's what a disciple is. It's following Jesus, and that's what John's doing. <clears throat> when I was at that Urbana conference, and they, were, and they were pitching it hard, okay? It was like, God's calling you. It was an intense, intense encounter. It was the first time I took communion after I became a Christian and, and, and committed my life to Jesus. At that year, there were 17,000. It was 17,000 other people in this huge auditorium, and... Uh, right at midnight in New Year's, we did communion. And they had, it, they had it, like, one of the things I was most impressed was how quickly they distributed the, the elements. I was like, like wow. <laughs> they had it all organized, and, like, within minutes, everybody had bread and wine. We took it together. And, um, and many people became missionaries. But I heard God. It was one of the uh, clearest words I have heard in my life. And... At that conference, I was ready to go, man. I wanted to be a missionary to a Muslim country because they were the most hardest to reach. And they, at that conference, they actually had a couple. I think it was at that one. I went to two of them. So, uh, they had a, uh, um, a man and a wife come up as Muslims and talk about they, as though they were Muslim, all right? They fooled us all, and they, they did it right. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, and, and so, as Muslims, they basically spoke about how, how, it's, how they view, how the Muslim world views Christians. And the whole place, 17,000 people were, you know, you could hear a pin drop because of some of the things these people were saying that, you know, were legitimate uh, things that, you know, you want us to be Christian, yet your country murders a million children a year through abortion and a lot of all this stuff. And come to find out that um, they were actually missionaries. <clears throat> so I was ready to go and, and praying, and I heard clearly the voice of God. I, it may have been audible. I'm not saying it was, but it was that clear. So God said I, uh, that I'm not to go, but I'm called to send. All right? It's just as clear as a bell. You're not to go, you're to send. And so from that point on, I made it my priority to be a sender 
<laughs> of others to go into full-time ministry. And so, um, you know, it's been just an honor and a privilege that over the last 30 years, <laughs> you know, so when Steve and Monica Marino, are, years and years and years ago, they were our youth leaders, uh, led that trip, it was, it was at my urging, you know, and it was, I was so happy that they were, we finally got to the place that, that we were able to f uh, fund a team to go to, um, to the nations, and it really never stopped after that first one, and then we took, uh, um, since then we've done so much in so many different places throughout the world, uh, sending out uh, missions, sending out short-term missionaries, we've had uh, people go for uh, multiple years, to uh, many, many different nations. Uh, some come back, some don't. And some uh, continue on for, for many years or relocate. And right now, it's, it's such a privilege to have John in uh, uh, fulfilling that call that he heard from God. But it's, it's like, oh, this actually ties into my call because my call is to send people out. And we do a lot of church planning. I talk about church planning a lot here because I, I, I love church planning. It's, it's a passion of mine. It's something that God's called me to. But another element is missions. And, and an old missionary, he's, he's, he's with the Lord now, he, uh, Reg Lizelle, um, he once said that the, uh, the heart or the goal of every mission should be the local church. And the heart or the goal of every local church should be missions because they really work hand in hand. Uh, that when mission or like Youth with a Mission and, and all the others, or as you're out doing mission work and, and making disciples, well, once they're made disciples, they need to be planted in a body, in a community, and that's called a church. And then churches, you know, if they just get focused on themselves, end up being uh, dead. Right? It's just not about us. It's about sending to the nations. So it's a great honor. And, and John, why don't you come up? I just want to pray for you. <clears throat> and we're going to take an offering in just a minute, if you can get ready. Um, and, you know, frankly, we could slam dunk this $7,200 this Sunday if we wanted to. <laughs> but it, a, a regular donation on a monthly basis uh, is actually more valuable and, uh, and re Aren't, isn't that true? These guys lived by faith for four years, you know, and half of a mobile home. <laughs> the accommodations are not luxurious, right? Uh, um, uh, Dan, you were missionary there for a while in both Ireland and New York City. Uh, you're, I was thinking of you, but I didn't see you until I walked over here. Um, but uh, uh, regular support, maybe it's, it's $10, maybe it's $20, $25 a month. And um, we're, we're not meeting that 7200 yet. Uh, we do have regular support coming in for John, but it's nowhere near 600 a month. And I just encourage you to prayerfully consider making a commitment through 2016 to give, you know, 10 bucks a week, 20 bucks a week, and you could be part of that. Or if you can do more, uh, he can use it. If there's surplus, we can fund other missions. Um, and God will use you to make a difference in this other nation, but it's not just Peru, it's all of that part of uh, South uh, America, and then the people that are impacted there, who knows where they'll end up, 
right? Because they're getting that impartation of mission. So, Father, we just thank you for John. <clears throat> we thank you that you have spoken to him and that he responded. And that qualified him, uh, despite whatever disqualifications he or any of us carry. The real qualification is that we choose to answer, yes, I will go. Send me, Lord. Send me. And uh, we bless him. Uh, and we ask, Lord, that you would provide not only financially, but you'd provide emotionally, that you would keep him strong in the times when he feels weak and lonely and uh, separated uh, in a foreign country, that you keep him uh, healthy, that you keep him physically strong, uh, able to serve, and uh, even to enjoy these years as years of adventure. Father, you'd bless him uh, relationally, that he would develop deep, meaningful relationships with uh, others that serve alongside him in the base and the uh, young people that come and are trained up and even uh, the people in the community that there would be relationships with uh, um, uh, 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 indigenous people that live in Peru, Peruvians, Father. And that you'd most of all, Lord, bless John spiritually, that his spirit would rise to the forefront before his... Uh, body and soul and mind, and that his spirit would be in unity with your spirit, flowing in the anointing uh, of your power to minister your word and your truth to each and every person. Father, and I pray this for everyone here, Lord, that uh, they would hear their call, that they would hear you speak to them, that, that would identify the area that they are called to serve that they are called to be your light, your witness, uh, whether it be a business, a school, uh, a, a home, a street, a neighborhood, father, or a nation, that we would be faithful to the call because you've been faithful uh, to your call. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.